I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Have you checked out the show's sponsor yet? Please go check out monkeygrip.com. That's monkey spelled with two E's. They make these awesome rope attachments that go around your pull-up bar very easily, very quickly. And they also go around your dumbbells, too, so you can do farmer carries. So let's say you're doing your pull-ups or your dead hangs on these ropes. Once you've maxed out your grip for doing that, you can take them off the pull-up bar and put them on the dumbbells and do farmer's carries until you fatigue your grip even more. They make a baseball-sized monkey fist knot that attaches the same way as the regular rope grips do as two. You can also get some liquid chalk from them as well. And hey, we can all use some liquid chalk. Go and follow them on Instagram at Monkey Grips and also check out their website, monkeygrip.com. Got a cool episode here with Tom Loomis. He's going to tell us all about his unique metal holder business where you take the trifecta pieces and put in this metal holder and then they go up on the wall. He has uh, several of them. He has one that looks like a spearhead, one that looks like a front-facing helmet, and one with a side-view helmet. And all of them are beautiful and they look even better in person. So go to his Etsy store and make sure you check those out. He also tells us about how he sold his house. And he's selling everything to get ready to sail around the world. And he tells us about how when COVID happened, he got into hurricane heats and started doing adventure racing. And he's done adventure races all over the U.S. and in Croatia and Slovenia. And he tells us about that too as well. And I couldn't finish this interview without asking him about how he worked on cars with Alice Cooper. It's a really good interview. A lot of great stories. I hope you stick around and listen to this one all the way through. Here's the interview with Tom Loomis. Tom Loomis, what's going on today, brother? Uh, just uh, getting back from Florida and buying a boat and was making, filling some orders from being gone for four days. So, so uh, yeah. me and you have been talking here recently and, and we've been messaging and you've gotten really big into doing adventure racing and stuff and now you you sent me this picture of this huge boat that you have purchased and your plans are just kind of just sailing around the world in this boat yeah um that that will be the plan um i you know it's a used boat um so it needs some work and it'll take some time and probably stretch my budget a little bit but uh, eventually in the next um, you know year or so um, we'll be based in Florida so as we're working on it and fixing it 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 does move so we will sail down to the Caribbean and stuff for like little weekend trips and and uh, still enjoy it but in order to really get it set up to sail around the world really need to do a lot of work to it make it safe but you've already took it out once haven't you uh so i went back for the survey to make sure that it was uh what we wanted and during the survey we took it out for about four and a half hours so and so tell us about this boat man (laughs) uh it is a lagoon 2011 it is 50 feet long and 30 feet wide it has four cabins um, it has you know, a back seating area where you can fit about 12 people. Wow. It has an inside seating area, about same 12 people. And then it has a full kitchen. It's got two fridges, two freezers, an ice maker, 
Um, you know, all the creature comforts, all the rooms are air conditioned. They all have their own bathrooms and showers and toilets. And, um, so it's, it's an RV on the water and, um, you're just limited by where water's at. So, right. And so are, are you in Florida now or are you still in Arizona? Uh, I just got back last night, um, at midnight, um, from my trip for doing just that. And then the process is kind of like a house a little bit where you, um, there, there's documents that have to get, um, done and there's a closing and, and they have to make sure no one else owns it and right. that no one else has the right to it. So it's a, uh, it's been like a month process, but we've got two more weeks left and then, um, it's in Fort Lauderdale right now and we'll be probably, you know, it obviously, so obviously you can't drive it or move it during storms and stuff. And there's two hurricanes or one hurricane forming and one getting ready to form. Um, so that might put a little damper in it, but the idea would be is we physically officially own it the first of July Mm. and we need to move it around to the West coast of Florida and take it to uh, an area outside of Tampa. Right. Um, so that, so that's the, that's the plan. It's a, that'll be a five day sail around the keys and um, we'll get to definitely know the boat a lot better by then. And, um, we'll get it to our home kind of where, where, where home's going to be for a little bit while we fix it. And we'll be moving there as a family. Hmm. So I'm, I'm sure this is an easy task after all the adventure racing and hurricane heats that you've gone through. This will just be a walk in the park for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, um, the funny thing is, is I bought a sailboat and I don't know how to sail. Um, but, um, you know, hurricane heats and, you know, my life in general, uh, the adventure racing, you know, you don't know all the answers all the time. Uh, you go into a hurricane heat or you go into adventure race and you don't, I mean, half the time you don't get the map until the race starts, you know, or you don't know. You, you know, you're bringing all kinds of weird things to a hurricane heat, but you don't know what you're going to be doing with it. Um, so that was kind of one of those things for me was, okay, I know other people have sailed. Right. I see people that know how to sail and if they can do it, I can do it. I just, um, have to figure it out. And, um, you know, it does have engines so I can move it around with that. But, um, the whole idea is to save money and sale. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they definitely teach you a lot. I mean, it definitely teaches you to adapt and overcome and be comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, that's said a lot in hurricane heats. If you can master being uncomfortable, you can exceed in a lot of things and, and it pans over into, into just everyday life. Right. Well, Tom, before we go a whole lot more in depth, you know, I brought you on because, you know, I really want you to tell us about the the trifecta metal holders and, you know, your business that you have. So I think it's a really cool business and a lot of people out there that are getting their trifectas, you know, they get these medals and Spartan has their, you know, metal holders, which I don't think you can hang any of those on the wall. And you make these really awesome, unique 
metal holders, and that's what your business is called, unique metal holders, that hold the trifecta wedges, and you can actually hang them on the wall, and, and they're really cool. And I, I know you started doing Spartan racing in, what was it, 2017, 2018? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And so tell us about how you came about with, you know, I think I could make these holders. Tell us about the business and how it come about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, one of those, you know, the, the normal story, someone got me involved in the Spartan, and I did a race with them, and then they never did one again, <laughs> um, but I got hooked, and there I went, and um, so I've always had, like, kind of like a creative background, it's just doing, I like to create stuff and make things, and uh, out of high school, we had a steel business, and and um, uh, my my father was into woodworking and building houses and and right. so i had a bunch of different mediums that i got to used to and i i grew up in north hollywood or burbank and um for for a period of time until i was about 14 or so and my next door neighbor his his dad was uh, he worked for the studios before computer aid you know aided graphics and 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 um you know animation and all this stuff and he would make stuff out of clay and, and we would watch him do stuff out of clay. And then he, you know, make prosthetics and, and, you know, the, the cut on the face for filming and all these crazy things. And I always had it in the back of my head. So fast forward, I'm doing Spartan stuff and, and, you know, Spartan and you're thinking Spartan 300 and all the different things that go with it and spears and the helmets and all that. And I really get into it. You know, you want to throw your, trifectas up and show everybody you know look, look what i did and i remember going to the tent and going pyramid like what like i don't get it like spartan pyramid egypt like i thought roman you know <laughs> what was i didn't understand what the correlation was but you know i bought the pyramid deal and mm-hmm. um i live in arizona so i don't have a mantle and and it just didn't fit anywhere and, and it just for about a six months a year it really kind of bothered me i was like man this this isn't this isn't right so i have two daughters and i try to inspire them with doing things and and i said let's let's try to let's try to make something and i threw a piece of clay down and started carving and i put the trifecta in the middle up by the head and and it just evolved and eventually you know i kind of was i had the idea of of that my childhood of seeing my my buddy's dad make this weird stuff and i thought well i could do that and i figured out a way and um you know i wanted it to go on the wall so everybody could do it and i wasn't really looking at making a business of it but i made my first one and i threw it on the wall took a photo of it and put it on facebook just like hey check it out it's cool <laughs> and i think i had I had like 50 orders oh, wow. by uh, the weekend. So my kids and I looked at each other and we were like, uh, I think we might have something here. Hmm. And that's how it started. I mean, I went from there and that, the, the funny thing is, is the thing that sold the most over, we're on the fourth year now, 22 countries, like 235 star reviews on, on uh, Etsy. Wow. Um, the thing that 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 um, is crazy is my the first thing I did is still our number one seller. 
Um, we still sell a lot of other stuff that I've created since, but that's still like what drives people to the site. And, and um, we've done some iterations of it a little bit and, and added some things to it. But um, for the most part, um, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of how it got started. And, and, and it, it's evolved and the, you know, the magnet, the way it holds it um, is evolved in, in a different, you know, the earlier ones um, were a little bit different and, and, but if you were to put them side by side with the ones I made in the first year versus now, you'd be hard pressed to tell a difference. Um, originally we started with a smaller spear and it just didn't look beefy enough. So for a year or so we rolled with this one spear I made and then, um, now we're on to the new spear, which is bigger and beefier and it features the uh, originally it featured the scorpion at the bottom. Mm. Um, and in the beginning it didn't have anything at the bottom, but then I was like, Oh, that scorpion's really cool. And so we threw it in the bottom. And then I think last year was the, was the sparrow or whatever. And yeah. Or the a, condor yeah, we, or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I put a poll out and said, Hey, anybody interested in like, would you like a condor or a, a sparrow on the bottom? Or would you like a scorpion? And, um, yeah, everybody was like scorpion. So um, we did that, and then then the leopard looks kind of cool this year. So we we threw we have both designs still on the website where you can get the scorpion. That still sells heavily, but I I'm you know slowly the the leopard is is catching up. And if Spartan comes out with a cool one next year, that's we'll we'll throw it on there. And so yeah, that's that's kind of how I got started, and and um. And then we evolved to with like dipping. So the, I guess I go, I'll maybe go into the process, but a, a little bit, it, it, it is a resin product that, that flashes. It's an A and a B and it flashes at about 450 degrees. Wow. And we put a, we put a powder down like a bronze or a, a, a silver, um, what is the, uh, you know, there's a, a copper, all the all the different metals that we use. Basically, we put a powder down, and then we pour this resin material over it, and it infuses it. So it has a thin layer of real bronze or silver. And you know, if you were to throw it outside in your yard, it would green like like uh, the Statue of Liberty. Oh, cool. Um, um, you know, so it's 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 the real material on on the on the surface. Um, and we, we started, you know, there were, we would get a defect here and there and, and it was, it, the defect was in the finish. And so, you know, like the, the, the bronze didn't hear fully or whatever, and, and we wouldn't want to sell something like that. So we would get rid of it. And eventually I figured out that, that we could dip them and, and, and you don't notice that finish cause you're putting a new finish on. So we would. We do. We did the. Um, we've done the Marines logo and the Air Force logo, Army logo. Um, you know, so we we have dip, and we do um, firefighter. So the thin red line, thin blue line, sell a decent amount of those, and um, yeah. So we just slowly have kind of increased our product line a little bit. And so you said that the the most popular one is the front facing helmet one, right? 
Yeah, yeah. That one was sold. Oh, I think we're up to about a little over three thousand of them. Oh wow, man, that's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to say that that one's probably my favorite too. But the side helmet one, when you, I want to say the side helmet one looks better in person than it does in the pictures, because. Right. That finish on that one from that side view, man, it, it really pops. So in person, I really like that side one a lot. It really looks cool. But the ruggedness of the front-facing one is pretty badass, got to admit. Yeah, you know, I do like uh, – I you know what? So I'll, 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 I'll dive into a little bit of a secret on the whole thing. Um, the side profile one – I do like the face on one. I, that is, I do like that one just because that has been the one that's been around for the longest. Mm -hmm. But the side one, uh, I think Montana, I think we did Montana two years ago. And I had a bunch of my hurricane heat friends that were going to show up and be there. And I wanted something new and I was pushing really hard to get it out. And I didn't have time to do the recess where, the trifecta would go and it would recess into it. Mm -hmm. And I developed a little hanging thing so you could hang it, but it was, I, it, I wasn't happy with it, but it sold okay. And, and the fact that it didn't sell that well, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe it just, maybe people don't like it. And, um, that was, that was a symptom of just trying to push it and get it out. Well, Probably six months ago, I finally took the time to do the recess and change the finish a little bit, make it a little bit smoother and shinier and and do some styling cues to it. And, um, you know, it never it hasn't sold really, really well until we just went on a vacation for about two weeks. And I had I came back to 23 or 25 orders. And 10 of them were the side profile awesome. um, from different people, you know, and it's kind of been, you know, one of those things when you release a new product, I, I've learned to just be patient mm -hmm. and let it, let it get traction. And it's slowly gained traction. And um, uh, I, I know that it's doing well when it sells overseas because the shipping is almost the cost of the product itself. Oh, wow. But that tells you that somebody really, really, really wants that. Mm. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of like very hopeful because, I, you know, you spend a lot of time. I, it's, these are hand carved. It's not like I threw it on a, um, uh, you know, a 3D printer or mm. something like that. I, I sat there with clay and carved it and, and um, made sure that it, it you know, there's, probably five thousand dollars in in waste of like you make a piece and then you have to mold it you make a piece you have to mold it and then it, you know there's there's five or six processes in that and in that process you waste about five thousand dollars in material to make it hmm. but once it's made and you have the master you're good hmm. so it's it's finally nice to kind of be justified like i you know i told my family and my wife you know everybody else like, oh there's gonna be this is gonna sell like crazy <laughs> and then you know, it was crickets but uh like i said it, it's it's gaining traction now 
Shoot, the one you made for the Hawaii trifecta. Man, that one looks awesome, man. The only thing stopping me from getting one is I've never done the race in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, and, um, we saw all those really good, too, and then uh, all of a sudden crickets, uh, it, probably because... Uh, <laughs> no Hawaii you know, race. Huh? It, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, and then you got Hawaii's great. Uh, the uh, um, my my oldest last year was uh, or my youngest was old enough to do Hawaii, and that was her first <clears throat> trifecta weekend. Which you know, for a fourteen year old, that was a legit Hawaii, and and she knocked out all three that weekend. It was a touch and go on the beast for a while, but uh, she was able to knock it out and finish it and. Eight and a half hours later, we were done. Yeah, I've always heard that was a pretty tough beast because it's almost like a mountain course, right? Uh, yeah, well, we went up and down the, the mountain, uh, up, up and down that volcano thing a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll give you, like, so someone you know, Phil, Ultra Phil. Yeah, Mintak. Um, yeah, I, I think, so he was in He was in our group. We, we, we had, like, 12 of us together, and you'll have to ask him about van karaoke one day. <laughs> um, uh, that that was fun. My daughter got indoctrinated into the craziness of of, of adult Spartan people <laughs> on vacation. Um, but uh, yeah, I, if I don't, if I remember correctly, he either tapped on that one, which he, he there's that, or he finished and he was extremely sick because he was incognito for for uh, at least a day. Mm. Um, but he, I have a feeling he tapped. So that's how hard. Uh, the ultra was, um, and and that's rare for him. Is it just a really hot and humid race out there? Hot, humid. Um, there, you know, there's a point where the the hill is so steep they've got ropes slung down the hill so that that you can physically get up it, um, and you're stuck in there. I think one point, you know, we were probably an hour an hour and a half stuck in in the in in the on the single track. And there was no way. Like I remember hearing stories about it and thinking, "Oh yeah, there's got to be a way to get around," you know. And no, absolutely not. It. I mean, a hundred people in a line on a rope, just waiting for the next person to move. Oh wow! And um, yeah, and then you're just stuck in that canopy, and it's hot and 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 very humid. Um, and unless you're prepared for to be in there for a little bit longer than than you know, you normally race in any other race. I, I could see where you get really dehydrated really quick. So tell us about the, uh, the other products that you sell. I know you got the trifecta holders, but you also have a light up logo of the Spartan helmet. Yeah, we just released that one. Um, so we did a medallion, uh, what I call a medallion, a Spartan medallion. And it's the, the Spartan logo. Um, we used to do. Well, I still do it uh, as as a nomination. We we would hand out. It started originally at Hurricane Heats, where we would hand out this medallion, uh, and I think we're up to about fifty five to service members that were nominated by fellow Spartans, and it was generally usually a a, a surprise. And um, we vowed to never sell that. I've I've told a lot of people have said, "Oh, I want to buy it. I want to buy it." And, um, I vowed to never sell them 
because the meaning behind it and what it, you know, what it represented handing them out to service members and first responders. But um, I reached out to my group that, that have received those and said, hey, I, I'd like to maybe not sell that exact one, but but I have an idea for a light up one. And, and would you would you guys think I was encroaching on my promise? And they said, no, no, go ahead and sell it. We want to see you succeed. And and so, yeah, I started doing, we sink an LED uh, light system in behind the the main blood splatter that's black or bronze. And um, yeah, it's a little LED. I think, I think it's 14 or 15 inches, hangs on the wall, comes with a remote. And um, we do that one. And then... The other, the other product we do that we sell on Etsy is we do the side profile one with uh, like a challenge coin from from pretty much all branches of armed forces. Oh, that's cool. And then my 16-year-old does – we have a laser etcher, and we'll do laser etching if, if – uh, like uh, we've had military members want it for like a retirement out gift – or um, changing like a profession in, in, in the branch of service. Um, and then, and then that's, so that product you can, you can buy on our Etsy site. Um, but then we have like two government contracts to make um, advancement medals um, that are personalized to their branch of service. And, and, you know, if they're retiring, um, you know, the government has, I think, $136 million a year allocated or something around there um, for, you know, uh, I, uh, lack of better words like Purple Hearts and, and you know, um, awards. But then if you're if you're retiring out or you get a promotion and you get a plaque, uh, that's what their that that budget is for. And we've secured a couple contracts to um different ones for the Coast Guard and the Navy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's behind the scenes. Has uh, Spartan ever, you know, kind of hinted or reached out about maybe making products for them to sell? Um, that that was, um, yes. The, the long and the short of it, yes. Uh, I had a bunch of Zoom calls with head of, of the the company, it was on a zoom call multiple times. And at one point we were pretty much set and we had the boxes all planned and what the cost was going to be and, and what shipping was going to cost. And it was going to be one of the products they were going to offer online. And they were going to, I think if you had Spartan plus or something, you got free shipping, but they were going to say, Hey, this one's excluded. You're going to have to pay shipping on this. So we went down the line quite a bit. And then, uh, that was about the time where we were coming out of COVID. And then I think if you remember, we were coming out of COVID and they started gearing up and hit, hitting, hitting, you know, the big venues again. And then they started getting canceled. Um, you know, where, uh, you know, other than like Florida and some other places, you know, they would say, Oh yeah, go ahead and do it. And then mm. I think, the media would get a hold of it and said, you know what, um, 
maybe we shouldn't do this. It's bad publicity right now. Yeah. And um, they said, you know, let's let's hold off and let's circle around back around to this year. That would really help me and my my uh, my sailing plans. But um, <laughs> you know, they they said uh, we'll circle back around, and um, I haven't heard anything. So mm-hmm. kind of just making the company worth a little bit more and, and, um, you know, maybe entertaining some ideas to, you know, I I really want to, I've got teenage daughters. The long and short of that is, is I've got teenage daughters. I want to take them out, sail, go sail around the world before they run off and, and, and have a life. I would like to do that. So I'm on a time crunch a little bit and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't normally think about maybe selling the company or, or whatnot, but, you know, it's a possibility um, because it, this comes, this, this is an opportunity once in a lifetime. I'm not going to have teenage daughters forever. Right. So when you when you make all these, the metal holders, is it something you can, can you batch make them or do you just make like one at a time? Like how much time do you have in making them? Um. So we have them, uh, like a perfect example today. Uh, my oldest, who's 16, Emma, came out and powdered the molds, put the put antique bronze in, and powdered them all, and then went away, and she did 10 of them. I'm looking at, I think, 10 of them right now. And she was in here for about an hour doing 10 of them, and then it took me another half hour to pour them. So then I got to polish them and drill them and then we got to put them in boxes and everything. So at the end, I think we're hands on touching them for about 12 to 15 minutes is what we got them down to each. Um, and, um, we had custom boxes made. So we have, you know, we order like 2000 boxes and they fit in a special box and, um, yeah, but, uh, for the most part, probably about 15 12 to 15 minutes is is a hands-on time i want to say something too like when i got mine in the mail like i don't think i've ever bought anything in my entire life that wasn't shipped with as much care as you put into these items that you shipped me because i was like Man, these things could like survive a plane crash. They're so wrapped up and taped up and sealed so good. I bet it took me at least five minutes to unbox every individual one. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. No, years of um, uh, you know, shipping and 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 uh, you know, stuff getting broke, and then you're like, oh my, you know, there's not a lot of profit. I mean, I mean, there's a decent amount of profit. Everybody's got to make money. Um. But more than that was um, a lot of them are gifts and the feeling that 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 person on the other end of the line was they just ordered it just in time to give it to their husband or or their wife or their kid or, um, you know, a lot of parents or grandparents order them for significant others. and, And because it is so unique and it's not you know, just massively, you know, known and we don't advertise all over the place. So it's not something that, um, you see a lot. And, and when people do see it in person or they're like, wow. Um, and you know, and so I, you feel that, you feel that like almost pain on the other end where they're like, can you rush one out? It broke. And 
we've replaced them in the years, their first couple years. I mean, I think one out of 10 would break. And um, you just, you know, you incurred a cost, but it was more just you, you didn't get that, that Valentine's gift or that Father's Day gift on the day that it was meant for um, because it broke in the mail. So we've, you know, we, we spent the money at, at one point and hired a professional packer to design a box and, and come up with it. So, yeah, so it's, it's mildly bulletproof. Yes. It's almost like one of those <laughs> uh, gag gifts you get at Christmas where it takes you forever to open it. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I hear you. Um, a couple of times my kids will, will pack them and, and I'll be like, uh, is that an antique bronze or is that a black one or is that, <laughs> and they look at me like, um, I forgot. And it's more like, not like I forgot. It's more like, Oh crap. I've got to open this thing now. <laughs> Cause I don't know what it is. Right. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. And, and you, and you were 100% right. Like pictures don't do these holders you know, justice, they look so much more professionally and all the colors just pop, you know, when you have it in person. And, uh, if you go and check my Instagram feed, I made a video and put pictures of it on there and you can go and follow Tom Loomis and unique metal holders and see the stuff that he's done. And you've made some reels showing how you actually make them too as well. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it, there's no secret there. I, I, you know, you want to try it. it. It's a cool craft to do. It, it's difficult, but um, yeah, no, I like. I always love those videos where like Adam Savage makes stuff and like how you did it, and um, I think it's very interesting. And like I said, we we don't advertise. I don't pay for advertising. I'd rather send you like a bunch of stuff and get the word out like that. And I send OCR Kings a bunch because um, I could tell you about it. You know, I was it. Um, Beast Media, right? Uh, um, it, awesome guys over there, and and OCR Kings. You once they get it, you know, like you're like you said, um, it's different when you see it in a picture versus in their hand, um, and, and it, I, being that you make it, like I've made it and crafted it, it, it it's very personal. Um, being we're in Arizona, we went to the last. Uh, Arizona race that was here at the Speedway and um, we got fortunate enough to basically park right next to the to the exit and my uh, Spartan friends and and, and um, my family we set up our tents and everything there and um, and just more for like not not to brag about the the you know the income or, or whatnot. Cause it, it, um, that's not what it's really about. Um, but more just to get a feel mm-hmm. small, we're a small company. We're, we're, it's, we, you know, it's just my kids and I making them. Um, and to go there and put them in front of somebody and to sell a thousand dollars an hour. Wow. For six hours. Um, that just tells you that you're on target. Yeah. And, and I bet being on site at a race and people seeing it and it's there and they can just purchase it right there. I bet that really helps them sell too, you know, definitely, definitely. And, and so, you know, that's the other one is, is, is it took a while for us to gain traction and, and gain notoriety 
um, as a quality, good product, very unique, not not a fly-by-night type operation. Um, you know, I, I race heavily. I, I, you know, usually get about five to seven trifectas a year. So I'm out there racing and running with all these people. I don't want to be out there um, representing a product you know, on the course and, and, and somebody's yelling at me because I sold some, you know, piece <laughs> of crap. Um, so, um, it, it's just, it, it's a, it's great to be there when, when somebody sees it and, and, um, just, you know, and I won't say that it happened a lot, but I do know of a couple of people that came out the exit and were, they returned their, their, their pyramid that they bought. <laughs> Uh, they, uh-huh. uh, they, they bought ours and then turned around and went right back in and, and got a refund. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's a fun, fun product to make. And, and it, it, the community is just awesome. Uh, a lot of people rally behind it. Um, I've got to meet so many great people just in the sport alone, but then, you know, um, Paula chance, we were able to team up with him and, and, um, I don't advertise it a lot. It's, it's, but we, uh, more for a reference, Paul and 80 plus years old running Spartan races, um, and selling, uh, shirts, um, to support veterans and, um, we pay for all the shipping. So, uh, you buy a shirt from him, our company pays for all the shipping so a hundred percent of all the proceeds go to, uh, to veterans. That's awesome. Um, it, it, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, trying to make it a business as for our family and make some money, but also support the people that, um, keep us free. Hmm. Tom, tell us like where people can find this stuff. Like if they want to, you know, see, see your store or look at them and think about purchasing them. What's the easiest way for them to do that? Um, go to Etsy, uh, Etsy and it's unique metal holders us. Uh, I think on through that is, is it's all one, all one word. Um, we do have a small line on eBay eBay has a global shipping program that's a little um, more economical for people that live in other countries. Mm. So um, our product tends, honestly, the product is a couple dollars higher because the fees are higher on eBay. Right. But um, but the shipping's a lot cheaper if you're in Singapore or Germany or something like that. Um, uh, but Etsy is the main site we do have if 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 you have a hard time with that or finding out how to get on there you can just go to www.uniquemetalholders.com and there's a link on our website to um, to to the etsy store we primarily sell really there and then uh, if anybody is interested in the nomination program there's a nomination tab and you can go down to the bottom of that that page and kind of see what it's all about, and a lot of the recipients and stuff, too, for that uh, that program. But uh, we do have a website. We just primarily sell on Etsy, though. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Um, well, now that we've talked about you know all your products and everything you've done, I want to talk to you about these adventure races that you've done because 
you've done multiple trifectas and you've done a crap load of hurricane heats, including some 24-hour hurricane heats. And uh, what made you decide to go and do your first adventure race? Um, well, the long and the short would be is I started doing hurricane heats just before COVID. And like everybody knows, um, hurricane heats are smaller and not as high profile. So during COVID, those were still going on. Right. And I did a bunch of them during that time frame, got a double endurance trifecta in that time frame. And I have a habit of when I'm uncomfortable or just grinding away and you're suffering to, I laugh, I, I giggle and I laugh and <laughs> I, I maybe stand out a little bit more than most because here we are sweating and some people are crying and moaning and I'm over here giggling and laughing. So I stand out a little bit and Andy Hardy, the, basically the global director for uh, Spartan Extreme Endurance and Hurricane Heats kind of stood out and we became friends and um, we both kind of talked and I, I don't remember how it came about, but we both were talking that we wanted to like go to the next level and we'd heard about this one adventure race in Florida and it was a 72-hour race from the west coast to the east coast oh, wow. and um, using a map and a compass and all that and that was just really intriguing and i i kind of forgot about the swamps and alligators when we were <laughs> agreeing to do it <laughs> and um yeah so i was like wow this person that it's hard to say um andy for a lot of people, it has changed people's lives um, just in the program that she runs. And um, for her to, like, hey, you want to do it? I was like, hell yeah, not only do I want to do it, but I'd love to, like, participate with you. And um, so, yeah, like, that's how it started. And um, then it just – I, I um, you know, it was weird. We had what that the that one uh, when we started it. There were a couple guys that that had done Spartan racing that were there, and then there were the Agogi girls, Kirsten and and Donna. Um, they were a, a two person team, and I was like, oh, this this like, you know, there's other people doing this stuff too, and slowly I've motivated other people to do it. Um, uh, a couple death racers are, are thinking about doing it coming up uh, this next year. And um, yeah, so I started doing that. It's just the next level. It's, it's 72, like this one was 72 hours straight. Mm. Uh, you could sleep if you wanted to, but you know, basically you get 72 checkpoints. You've got to get along the way wow. and you're biking, paddling, trekking, um, you're not really running cause you are carrying a pack with all your food, your water, your medical supplies. If, if somebody had an issue, um, so you're like self-sufficient, you carry a jack GPS trackers in case you get hurt and you get way off track. They can come find you. 
but for the most part, you're making it across the state um, on your own, finding checkpoints along the way, uh, so they know that you you know you didn't jump in an Uber, take it <laughs> take it uh, take it over to the finish line, and it's just uh, a, another level of crazy people, it, and and it's a, it's a blast. I've done. Oh, 13 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. All so, over the, and all over the place. I mean, I have seen a, a Maine, Arkansas, Tennessee, New Mexico, California, Croatia, Slovenia, um, you know, all over the place. What's the worst you've ever gotten lost on one of these races? Fortunately, Probably six miles, and we figured it out right away. Mm. And the thing is, is you're going to get lost. I mean, you, you're you going to get lost. It's just how fast are you going to figure it out? Um, I've heard stories of people getting, you know, they're 40 miles off course. And, um, you know, that, that sucks. But, you know, six miles on a bike, oh, well. You know, yeah. that, was, that, that cost us 15, 20 minutes or something like that. And in the grand scheme of seventy-two hours, you just slept less. Do you do you do the mapping when when you do these races, or do you have somebody else on the team that does it? So generally, um, it, it depends. Um, the, the long and the short of it will be yes. I, I tend to nav. But you can't nap the whole time because you can't be that focused. Um, you know, you've got to when you're mountain biking, you've got to know every little turn and this way and that way, and and it takes a lot of focus to focus on the map and ride and ride fast. And after a while, you become bug-eyed and you you, you you need a break. So usually there's a it's a four-person team, right? And that makes sense. There's usually yeah, there's usually two people that know the um, the the that are that are going to be the navigators. So it makes sense to have it as a team effort. I mean, and you can have. I mean, I could see where you might have one person be in charge of it, but everybody needs to be involved that way. If there is a problem, and you know the person in in the head of it says, Hey, I think we're lost. Everybody kind of knows what's going on. So you can all meet together and figure out, you know, the best course of action at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So you usually end up with, which, what, what happens is there's usually two people that are navs. There's usually a primary navigator and then a backup navigator who will fill in, um, you know, normally the primary only needs like a couple hours of break or, or, or they'll nav like the paddle section where, uh, you know, that could be six to 12 hours and, you know, that's a good break for them. Um, and then like you, kind of what you were getting to is, so the rest of them, you know, you, you rely on timing. So you'll get to a spot where, you know, you got a checkpoint and you know, the next checkpoints five miles away and you'll say, okay, at this pace, we should make it here. So one of you, you know, time it. You know, so watch the time, and if everybody is 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 on track, or you know, the, the nav will go, hey, okay, but 
um, we're, we're looking at an hour to the next one if we're on track and it's going to be at a mountain that's 500 feet higher than what we're at, you know, at. And, um, as long as everybody's paying attention, we, you, you, you shouldn't really pass it up by much, um, in the process. So everybody's kind of involved. Plus you do get involved with reading a map and, and you lose track of time and, and you forget to drink and you forget to eat. So the other people on the, the, the team will, will, will do that where they'll, Hey, okay. It's been 15 minutes. Take a bite of something. It's been a half hour. Take a bite of something. Um, you know, do we need, you know, we've been wet for two hours. Do we need to change socks? Um, and so we got like the, the mother hens that'll, that'll take care of everybody. And then, um, you know, uh, generally there's somebody that, that, can that's, that's the ox and we'll, we'll carry something of somebody's to, to lighten the burden. And, um, so it becomes, you know, there's two people that seem like they're not necessarily doing anything, but, but really once you get involved in it, everybody's doing something. And as long as we're all paying attention and, and on the same wavelength, um, you can like catch those where you don't get lost and, um, you know, uh, work together, like really like a team. So being in like Croatia and Slovenia, were those races like super difficult because you were totally, you know, unfamiliar with that terrain and that country? I imagine those had to be probably the toughest, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, I, so, uh, there hasn't been a Spartan race. I haven't finished. There hasn't been a hurricane heat that I haven't finished and graduated from. And up until Croatia a month ago or right around there, uh, I hadn't, tapped out on um anything uh adventure racing wise but that that uh, it was it was rough um it was 102 hours or 105 hours and 350 kilometers i believe um at hour 31 i tapped out because at some point i had contracted covid Oh, no. which turned to bronchial pneumonia Ooh. and my left lung, uh, collapsed. So, um, I, that it, it was, it was, it was rough and I tried to just power through it and, and make, uh, I tried to just make it happen and there was just no way. Have you recovered um, from that? What's that? Have you recovered from that? So not really, actually. <laughs> um, I, I, this weekend coming up was Endless Mountain, which was a five-day, 120-hour adventure race in, in um, wow. Pennsylvania. And I signed up for it, and I had to, unfortunately, this week let my team down and and, and bow out because of uh, the doctor basically saying, you know, you are going to have a hard time recovering um, from this if if you continue down this path. So, um, uh, no. So uh, I'm I'm uh, for once listening to the doctor and 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 um, 
not doing it, um, which is really difficult. It's been a bit. A, 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 a Croatia was a was was a, you know a, we're doing this sailing thing, and um, it's gonna take every bit of money that we have to do it. And adventure racing is not a cheap sport. And I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I was going to, or I am going to kind of in essence, stop doing that to pursue this other dream. Um, and so Croatia and, and what's, what was called endless mountain this weekend coming up were dreams of mine uh, bucket list items that I wanted to do and to to for one not finish a race was just weird for me mm. I, I'm still just kind of um, baffled by it I normally I could just power through anything um, but so yeah so it was a, a big deal to to tap out and and and, and basically kind of end my career and kind of like a fail mm. but um you know, it, 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 it happens and, and all I've, I've reached out to, to a few of my adventure racing friends and they're just, you know, Hey, it, it, that's what happens sometimes. And, um, it just move on. I, I, um, I, I think if I was well, I would have been fine. It, it's misery. It's extreme uncomfortableness. Um, you know, I, I uh, with COVID and and bronchial pneumonia, I'd made it 31 hours and 14,000 feet of elevation gain. Wow. And it rained for, I would say, probably 18 hours of it. Wow. Um, with 40-mile-an-hour 40, 40 winds, and we were on top of a mountain doing what's called a via ferrata. Um, and, you know, it, I, I gave everything I could to get up there and and and... and and just keep moving and hope, hoping it passed. But, you know, I didn't know that, that that's what was going on at the time until I went to the hospital. Hmm. So, you know, I love being uncomfortable actually. So it, it, it's one of those where you find out that you were, hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, there was a reason. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was, <laughs> hmm. you know, um, and then try to justify it, but you're like, oh, okay, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not losing my edge. I'm just, I was sick. Yeah, I think that was a good enough reason to tap out of that one for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, Tom, was, uh, we're getting close yeah. to an hour here, but everybody I bring on okay. the show, I always ask them the same questions, and we may have already okay. answered some of these questions, but. To this day, what has been your most favorite race or event, and why? Oh, man. You have so many to choose from. That is 100% sure. <laughs> um, you know, I would say... I would say my favorite event for myself would be having done big bear when i first got started and it took me six and a half hours i believe and then my favorite one would be coming back the next year and getting it done in like four hours oh wow um because 
you know, I don't, the people on the East coast maybe don't come out here and you're, you've got your Palmerton and your, you, you know, your Killington and stuff. But, um, out here we have soul crushing, uh, big bear. Yeah. Um, I've done, I've done Tahoe and, and, and Utah and, and Montana. Those are great races, but, um, uh, big bear has got the soul crusher tag because, because it is. And, and to knock it out in four hours to me, that was, that I still like super happy about that. I've never done any of the, the West coast mountain races out there, like Colorado, Utah, Tahoe and big bear. But I've watched all of them on TV multiple times and big bear always looks the scariest on those climbs when they, used to do the old national series races where you just saw them running and it looked like they were yep. going up or down most of the time. That looks like, you know, that's the West coast Killington over there is what it looks like to me when I'm watching it with, with at elevation too. So it's harder to breathe as well. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Okay. So now I want the reverse of that question. What's been, you know, your worst race, the race you dislike the, the most or the hardest race and why? Um, that one's hard because I like suffering. <laughs> um, you know, I've really, it, it, uh, I've worked out so many problems in my head suffering, um, on these races out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I would say, you know, not to to discourage anybody from doing adventure racing, but probably the worst one would, would be my the first C to C, my first adventure race, um, because at the with with about we were at the last transition area where we had come in riding bikes and we we were gonna do this O course thing. And then come back and jump back on our bikes and ride into the finish line. Right. And so much hype to it. And a team that we had rode into that TA with decided not to go out on the O course and just freshen up and put new socks on or whatever, jump on their bikes and leave. And Andy and I are out doing the O course. And when we come back, we found out, um, you know, later on that, that, um, they'd been struck by a car and, and one of them had been killed and, um, two of them were sent to the hospital. Oh no. Um, so that alone, just that alone was, was, was just, um, hearing all the commotion and everything going on, um, was just horrible. But then, um, you know, we didn't get to finish. They closed, they shut the race down. Um, you know, they're flying helicopters in to, to evac everybody. So I would say that was probably, you know, um, the worst. And then the, the, the flip side of it would be is, um, I did a couple races with Andy and she had her knees replaced, um, after that race where we did adventure racing and, and we finished those and, and was victorious, but then she had her knees replaced. So she wasn't able to do the next C to C coming up. That, that that following year but mm. this year this february we we teamed up again and we were able to finish oh that's awesome so that was kind of like you know a victory uh, you know so that's cool yes. we always able to you know redo that yep yep 
okay, so now my next question is, and this will be a little different for you, of course, because of, you know, the type of races that are, the type of stuff that's involved in these adventure races and them being multiple days, but how do you, like, what is your race routine? Like, if, if the race starts on Saturday morning, you know, what are you doing Friday to prepare for these races? What do you do Saturday morning before the start to prepare? What's the secret to your strategy for doing these races? You know, I think um, now it's it's that you are just you you. This is this is your lifestyle. Like, uh, you know, this 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 is what you do for fun. Um, and when I say this is what you do, I mean you're all. You know, you don't just go do an adventure race. You don't go just do. Or, or try to compete in a Spartan event um, off just off cuff. You you're you're training, you're running, you're biking, you're you're always kind of prepared. So last minute, someone can call you up. And in fact, actually, Croatia, um, I didn't I, I didn't have a team up until two weeks before Croatia, and somebody um, dropped and they needed somebody. So they called me up and said, Hey, can you do it? And I was booking plane tickets, you know, five minutes later, I wasn't, wow. Oh, I need to prepare and I need to get ready. I already knew I was ready. I already knew that, that I could do it. And, and so to answer the question, what do I do to prepare? It's just, I'm always on um, my, my, my stuff is organized and I'm just tell me when <laughs> hey, that's, that's an awesome so, way to be always be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I learned, you know, I'll, real quick, I learned that from Milo Villanueva. Um, he's a cryptea out of Austin, Texas. And um, he, H3X, we were a 24-hour hurricane heat. And um, he was supposed to do, he was supposed to do cryptea for it, and, and it didn't work out. And I called him up and said, hey, why don't you go do it with me? And he said, hell yeah, and that was two days before the event and he, and I said, you're ready. And he goes, I'm always ready. <laughs> and, um, I, I strive to be like that. And so I, I, I am like that now. Tom, you seem like you'd be a prime candidate to do the death race. Have you ever thought about it? Um, you know, I have thought about it. I spent this weekend with, with crystal, um, who was, um, at summer death race. Uh, when I was out in Florida, I, I, you know, there, there's a reason to do this stuff, the Spartan stuff. I, I called her up and said, Hey, I got to go look at a boat. I don't want to spend money on a hotel room. And she said, stay with me. Um, so, um, you know, she asked me the same question. Um, I, you know, I kind of thought about it. I have a lot of friends that have done it. Um, uh, Yara, who, who's one, I think the last female to finish it. Mm -hmm. Um, Andrew, uh, who surprised us this year when we finished C to C, um, popped in after Jacksonville Spartan race and, and, um, saw Andy and I finished with Matt Waller who runs the gauntlet. Uh, Matt was our part of our team that runs the gauntlet and, um, is a three time death race finisher, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, the no, <laughs> let me just say that. I, I, I just, for some reason, it just doesn't appeal to me. Hmm. Uh, I, I can't tell you why. Um, and people are like, would you go do an ultra, do an ultra. You can do an ultra. 
I'm like, I have no interest in doing an ultra. They're like, but you do all this stuff. And, you know, um, I'm like, I just, I, for some reason, I don't have interest in, in doing it. I, I, I love the people that do them. I just don't have any interest in doing it. So the short answer on that one is, is I just, I'm just not interested. And you have to want to do it because at the end of the day, it's really all mental. It's all mental, and if you if you if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. Um, but um, everything that I've wanted to do up until <laughs> these last two, um, I finish. I feel like Tom, if you would go and do an ultra and you would earn that buckle, you'd you'd be like, man, I need to think of a really cool holder for this buckle, and then you'd make some cool buckle holder, and everybody would fall in love with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 quietly working behind the scenes on on one. Um, it's not out yet, but I learned my lesson with the first side profile where I didn't, you know, didn't make it right. like I wanted it, and it didn't sell well. So, um, I I could have rushed it out probably a couple months ago, mm-hmm. but it's just not quite perfect. Right. Um, there's been some, you know, I've thrown some stuff up on Facebook and Instagram, and 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 it's in the background. And, and you know the ultra people out there because they're like, hey, I see that thing in the background. I saw I it, too. I don't see it on your website. <laughs> you know? And you're like, oh, you picked up on that. And um, I'm like, just be patient. And um, uh, um, the, the other thing people can do, if, if anybody's interested, I do have a YouTube channel. It's Loomis Family Adventures. Mm-hmm. And we do have shorts on there that show you like tips to hang your medals free. Like you don't have to use our holders, but it, if you do have our holders, it shows tips and tricks to hang your stuff. Um, and that's where we also usually will release like new, new product, like a, a video of, of a new product or whatnot. And so if you go to the channel and you subscribe, um, you will get notified about that. Plus you can see some crazy sailing stuff and I have adventure racing videos up too. Hmm. Tom, I would hate myself if I didn't ask you about how you, you, you told me you were an auto mechanic, you know, coming up, you had your own shop, but you, you said that you had made 10 cars with Alice Cooper that actually went to auction at Barrett Jackson. Uh, yeah. Um, I worked with Alice Cooper for a number of years, um, built I, I, more than 10 cars for him and uh, over the years. And then in Scottsdale is where I live, and I'm about two miles away from the world's largest car auction, which is Barrett-Jackson. Mm. And um, and Alice Cooper's a car guy, so... Um, yeah, I built a couple cars for him, a bunch of cars for him, and then represented them at um, Barrett Jackson when they sold. Um, and inevitably, I would have my own car, and and he would be like, uh, offer me a little, couple extra dollars more than what it was worth, huh. and take it off my hands. And and um, yeah, I did that for probably about five years until I got out of it. So, what kind of cars were these? American muscle cars. Um, yeah, yeah, usually it's like 69 Camaros. Those are popular with him. Mustangs. In fact, I think one of the – he 
he likes to buy and sell. He'll buy them and drive them for a year or two and then sell them. And he'll have like a revolving set of five cars. But um, we built him a 65 Fastback Mustang that I believe today he still owns almost 10 years later. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and then we built, him a, we built a couple Harleys for him and um, Roadsters. 32 uh, Roadsters and, wow. and Chevelles, uh, 70 SS Chevelles, um, uh, all kinds. He's not like, and you know, he's not like a, a, a Ford guy or a Chevy guy or a, he, he, if he likes the look of it, uh, hmm. uh, um, he, he'd go on tour. And, and um, the funny thing is, is, is he'll have a, he'll come back and, hey, Tom, Tom, uh, pull out his wallet and he's got this, article that he ripped out of a magazine and it's folded up in his wallet and <laughs> he can you can you build this and you could tell it's been on tour with him for freaking three months because it's just the edges are jacked up and that's funny and he can yeah yeah can, can, can you make this can you do this how much <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny he's a great guy very 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 um humble um awesome guy great family that's pretty awesome. What What's the highest that one of your cars went for auction at Barrett Jackson? Um, it was a car we did in conjunction him and I together, where he signed the car, right? And uh, uh, a definitely Alice Cooper fan bought it, uh, and I believe it was uh, just shy of two hundred thousand. Oh wow! What kind of car was it? It was a 69 Camaro with white stripes, and it had a LS, uh, I think it had an LS6 in it. Oh, nice. So about 700 horsepower. Mm. So why did you get out of the car business? Um, You know, I was doing well and making good money, but um, I wanted, you know, I've had this dream for a while, and the sailing dream, and... It, it it's not something that happens right away. Um, in order to do this, we had to sell our house. Um, and that's, I had a 3000 square foot garage at home. Wow. So I had three lifts. Um, I worked on other celebrities cars and it was because, you know, they didn't want to go to the dealership and, and get mugged and, and right. you know, all that. And so, you know, I, I, once I got Alice Cooper, he referred other people and, so I did a lot of work at, at home, um, and um, but I still had this dream, and I you know I have a time frame, and so over the past five years we slowly you know got our house ready for sale, and and that meant at some point I had to get rid of, um, you know, stop doing what I was doing, in order to do it, and um, it's a sacrifice you got to take, like kind of like. And people are like, oh, you're just, you're going to, adventure racing, you love it so much. And and I love my house, but, um, mm. yeah, those things just come and go and, and, and life will pass you by if you just hang on to things. And, and I'm not into, to hanging on to things other than, than, than memories that are, that are made mm. with, with your family and, and friends. Mm. What other celebrities did you work on cars for? Um, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. Oh, cool. And, um, 
the original drummer for Lincoln Park. Hmm. Um, and uh, other other people that uh, um, uh, of Grand Hill, Amadi Staremeyer, uh, so, yeah, some um, a couple Raiders, um, um, Bob Euchre. Um, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of them, some of them, you know, I had a website at one point hmm. and I would show my stuff, um, uh, but a lot of them don't want it known. Um, um, they would, Hey, can you take that down? I don't want, I don't want people to know what, you know, that I have that or that that's mine. Right. Um, uh, Cheech Marin. Uh, 60s. I built a 64 Impala for Cheech Marin. Oh, cool! And yeah, yeah. Um, and did a couple cars for for some uh, for some shows that you know other people represented, but hmm. um, you know for for not not shows like kind of like like um, like Gas Monkey and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, but. Um, yeah, so it's been interesting, and and um, and meeting the people that uh, they're all just normal people. Mm. Um, they just want to live their lives, and and um, but it's been fun meeting them and 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 uh, seeing their taste and and um, and living that style. It was it was a, I had a great time. I had a great time, but um, like I said, I um, the sailing thing. Yeah, you know, some people are like, oh my god, I could never do that. And some people you find. More than not, I, I told I had a good customer base, and I told them all had a big going away party, and I was surprised to see how many people had that dream, and they just weren't. I'm like, why aren't you doing it? Well, you know, my wife doesn't want to do it, or they, they, somebody doesn't want to do it, and um, or I'm I'm too old now, mm. and that just tells me right now I'm doing what I should be doing. I sh- there, you know, people are saying you're sacrificing a lot to do this, and how do you know you're gonna like it? And um, to me, it's like you hear those stories of the people that are like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wanted to do that. It's been my dream forever. And, and then, you know, the people that say I'm too old now. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I'm just, oh, my wife and I, like, you know, we could retire if we kept on our routine and, and, and be set well in a, you know, couple years, but, um, you know, I I, I want to skid into death all worn out and with lots of memories. That's awesome. She shares this uh, passion with you too, because I know a lot of people's wives would probably be like, "We're not doing this. This is crazy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and my wife had that. She did. She was, and um, uh, she was had a fear of the of the ocean and um, of of what was underneath. And at some point, I I. Uh, convinced her to, to get scuba dive certified oh, cool. and then um and then a couple of years later she came back and said um that I, I i think your dream that you told me about let's let's do that because now i'm not afraid and um so that's what started it like that i i told her this dream probably 20 years ago hmm. and um and my kids both are certified uh scuba divers too so um we're looking. We're, we're looking forward to go and seeing all, all, all that the globe has to offer. That's awesome, Tom. 
Well, hey, man, I'm out of questions. Is there anything you want to add to this? Or I know you already said where people can follow the store, but can you tell them where they can follow you personally and see your adventures? Yeah, yeah. So obviously on Facebook, um, Tom Loomis, and Loomis like uh, the armored car without all the money. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I tell everybody. Hey, people are like, how do you spell that? And I'm like, you remember those armored cars driving down the road? Well, that's how you spell it. Um, L-O-O-M-I-S. <laughs> And um, so Facebook, Tom Loomis, and um, uh, YouTube, Loomis Family Adventures. I think I have about 15 videos up there, slowly getting better at editing. Some of them are a little rough. But um, if you jump on there and follow, um, I, yeah, we're, we've, we've, we've slowly perfected it. I have a pig video of, of pigs swimming in the Bahamas as a short that, that just got released and it's, it, it, it's pretty good. Like my wife was like, I, I you're getting a lot better. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey Tom, well, good luck to your uh, sailing adventure, man. And I hope that we can have like a recap episode once you're done. Yeah. 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 I hear you. Hey, I appreciate you taking time to uh, do the interview. Yep. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Tom Loomis again for taking time to talk to us. Go check out those metal holders. They're beautiful. Go and check out my Instagram post where I made the video and showed where I mounted them on the wall in between my swords where I hang my age group medals on. They look really cool. The light up one looks really cool. Go and check those out. Uh, for those of you that are following my injury, I get a lot of messages, people asking me about how my ankle's doing, so... Um, it's been five weeks since the Fayetteville Ultra. I, I rolled my ankle, I sprained my ankle really bad at mile nine and finished the rest of the race, which was like another 24 miles. Because, of course, the one Ultra where I sprained my ankle is the longest Ultra I've ever done. I think I ended up getting 33 miles. So I finished that out. But it was one of those things where it hurt just as bad to walk on it as it did to kind of slowly hobble jog. So... I hope I didn't do any more damage by doing that, but who knows? I, I feel, I, I still don't regret my decision. I still don't regret my decision. But anyway, we're five weeks after that, and Sunday, today is Tuesday, Sunday I did a five-mile run on the pavement, which was kind of like that uneven like gravel pavement where it's like gravel, and then you got like some kind of snot and cement kind of making the gravel hold hands. So I ran on that, you know, which was uneven, and it, it felt pretty good on my ankle. No, I wasn't, like, running as fast as I could. I did try running a little faster towards the end, and it, it did kind of feel kind of sketchy on it. But for the first time in five weeks, I'm positive in the way my ankle's healing, and I'm looking forward to going to Palmerton. I don't think I'm going to be able to race it 100%, but I think I'm going to be able to go there and enjoy the race, and that's what... I was worried about more than anything because a week ago I was worried that I might not even be able to walk a course. And now I feel like uh, I will be able to go there and enjoy the course. And it's a big deal to me because Sunday will be my birthday in Palmerton, July 16th. So I hope to see everybody there and y'all can wish me a happy birthday. I want to make a huge shout out to my boy, Tim Mazer. He got third place both days at the sprint it, the New York, I guess it was it was a sprint both days. It was Tri-State New York. That's awesome. Tim's my boy. 
and I just want to give him props for that. That's awesome, man. He's getting better every year, and I can't wait to uh, see him run off from me at Palmerton coming up. But anyway, guys, that's all I got. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We'll see you at next race. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.